Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need your oil change and those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at downtown Lube. And welcome into the show. Uh, what a weekend we had all around, just yeah. on the field, off the field, a beautiful weekend. We're going to jump into a lot of college football this week, maybe get to some of the NFL stuff too, but it's just, we have conference championships to talk about. We have the Heisman to talk about, the transfer portal open today. You've got big NFL prospects not playing in their bowl games, but I do want to start with the conference championship review. Uh, we spent a lot of time on this last week. This was probably the best college football weekend that I can remember. As a fan, as a 36-year-old adult male, I don't know that I've sat in front of the TV and enjoyed so many just back-to-back games like that. With the importance of this championship schedule, not knowing who was going to make it to the playoff, knowing that teams like Texas and Washington won, where they were going to be seeded, what was going to happen with Georgia and Alabama. But we do know now, sitting here on a Monday night, that we have number one Michigan, number two Washington, number three Texas, and number four Alabama in the college football playoff. Just so much to get into, but just so happy that football went out with a bang like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about last week opening with a bang. This one ends (laughs) with a bang. It was probably the best college football weekend of my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it all started on Friday night with the Pac-12. I mean, Washington-Oregon game lived up to the hype. And, you know, I do a little bit of betting on the side, kind of discuss that quite a bit on the show. I took the under of that game of 65-and-a-half. The final score of that game was 65. You talk about a last-minute just stressor there. Where in, uh, Was it Johnson where he pulls away and he's hitting the field? I'm up off my couch screaming, get out, get out, get down!" And when he slides, I was like, I freaking love it. So, like, Friday night was just an electric moment for me just in terms of that, you know, just thinking I have a $2 parlay that's going to turn into twenty grand <laughs> if it hits. Damn it, UNLV really messed that one up for me. That was a bad one idea. Days, but man. it was the reason I took the unders because it was actually – because of you, because you say, you know, in these championship games, like everything is a hard fought game and it just everything usually the under most likely hits. Mm-hmm. Well, we got close, but this matchup, it was just so much fun because it was back and forth for a little bit. And it really just kind of came down to the mistakes of Oregon, like Bo Nix. And you never want to point the finger at just one guy, but there were moments where or I shouldn't even say there were moments. There was just two times where he'd made a mistake. And, you know, the broadcast point out was like, he's not done this all year. And the one time that it happens, happens to be in the biggest game of the season. And that's kind of the part that stinks. But for Oregon, you're in the right track. Like as a program going forward, you're happy with where you're at. Because two years ago, it was like, oh, well, Chris Ball just left. Like we thought we were heading in the right direction. Now he's gone. And now you're you're good again. You get Bo Nix in the transfer portal. Things are looking up. It stinks that Bo Nix is moving on, of course. Can't blame him. But it's like Oregon's good going forward into the Big Ten. But Washington, like you're losing pretty much everybody. This year, so you got to enjoy the moment while you have it because I don't think you're going to for too much longer. Yeah, and good for them to get to this point too with Washington. Yes. I know that you and I sat and talked about it, and and even I think set it off the podcast. Like, it's hard to beat a team twice, and then doing it on a neutral field. Washington was the underdog in this game. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the betters in in Vegas kind of agreed with us and what we were thinking that it was going to be really difficult for Washington to win, and then they did and. Just a, a great game overall, 31-34. to 34. I thought Oregon played very well. They are in a really good position moving forward. After, like you said, about two years ago, a lot of us wondered what was going to happen with this program. Would they be able to sustain without Mario Cristobal? And Oregon, I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago, has done such a good job of sustaining throughout coaching changes. They've yes. had so many different coaches 
in the last 20 years. But they've been good. They've been a solid program. It's like they've gotten Every better. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they just keep finding guys. Um, I don't remember who Chip Kelly took over for. But, like, when he took over, it's like, oh, well, this guy's just an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he can do it. He did. He hands it to the next football. guy. Yeah, Helfrich. I mean, he even was good for a while. They landed with Cristobal. He leaves, and they bring in Dan Laning, defensive coordinator from Georgia. Like, who knew that was going to be good? And they just still keep it going every year at Oregon. So I'm sure that they're going to hit, probably get some transfer quarterback, probably just keep this thing rolling for Washington. you got to capitalize on it this year uh, because you are, you're losing Michael Penix. You're probably going to lose some receivers. I think you're going to lose your running back as well. I was going to say, is he heading to the draft? you got a lot to replace yeah. if you're Washington. But getting here has been impressive. We are Texas fans. This is the first time Texas has made the college football playoff. <laughs> yes, that sir. That game happened on Saturday morning. <sighs> and I didn't cry. I should say that. I know that there was talk of maybe tears of joy if they won the Big 12. Surprisingly, I didn't cry. But it was a very happy moment for me to see Texas play and to come out and win big, yeah. too. I, I thought they really needed to to make some noise in the playoff, and they did. Uh, Oklahoma State was never really in that game. I, I think that the closest point, the score was 28-14. to 14. Yep. That, then Oklahoma like State had just gotten the ball back, and it felt like, okay, if they score here, like we've got a ball game again. Yep. They didn't. And then Texas was just able to do whatever they wanted on offense. I, we finally saw like a big defining moment game from Quinn Ewers and that offense with Sark. I mean, even without probably your best player and Jonathan Brooks, they were still able to put up solid points. I did get nervous in the second half of that game of Texas getting conservative again. Yes. And then letting (laughs) Oklahoma state just creep back in. I thought it was going to happen, but they, they finally handle their business. I think it's official. Texas is back. Nobody's making that joke anymore. It has happened. They're in the college football playoff, and they've won the Big 12 um, for the last time that they're in this conference. You win 12 games. You've won the Big 12. Recruiting looks great. I mean, we still have Arch Manning sitting on the bench. Yes, sir. Things look very good for Texas. And it's, I am cautiously optimistic, but they finally look very good for Texas. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the, the emotions at the beginning of that. And for me, I think the one that I felt was just being impressed. Like Right out the gate, this offense was just ready to rock and roll. They hit plays. They score on a flea flicker, kind of like a reverse flea flicker type thing. Sanders is able to get open. And you're just sitting here looking at this team going, they've showed up at every aspect, at every level. The mm-hmm. defense, we've kind of seen it throughout the season. The offense, they had their moments. You know, They had their splash plays against Alabama, which helped them win that ball game. But it never felt like you saw that consistently throughout the year. And when you get to this game, and then, you know, you even talk about the game before against Texas Tech, they just dominated. Like, they did what we've been waiting for them to do all year, and it's just bury people. Like, just, you know, foot on the throat, dagger, end ball games, end your opponent, take the hope out of them, and just keep playing ball and, like, find the, the, the Texas way and kind of your identity. And I think watching them against Oklahoma State, it showed not only all the Texas fans, it showed the committee as well. Like, okay, yeah, these guys are the real deal. They're mm-hmm. good on special teams. They're good on defense. And, I mean, you come in at a halftime and you return a kick, it's like, oh, shit, okay, yeah. And then you get to the end of the game and, you know, you mentioned coming into the second half and being kind of stagnant. Quinn Ewers said it at the end in this pro uh, game conference in the interview on the field. He was just like, you know, that team's a good second-half team. We were just a really good both-half team this game, and we just got to keep capitalizing on that, and I think that's exactly right. And then for him to get the championship belt, uh, the WWE player of the game belt, so I'm not going to lie, I think that's kind of dope. Like, I saw it at the beginning uh-huh. of the game with the Undertaker, and I was like, dude, that would seem really stupid. But you know how cool that would be to have like the rest of your life as Quinn Ewers? Like, you just have a championship belt for being player of the game in a Big 12 title game. And did I miss this somehow? Did like the WWE sponsor this yes. game? Yes, they uh, <laughs> sponsored the Big 12, yeah. So like that's why there was the WWE emblem on the field as well. Uh, what like the 20-yard markers. A weird combination, but it is, <laughs> it is cool. So. Like it's, it's much better than any trophy that you're ever going to get. Like You can still put that up somewhere in a trophy room or man cave, whatever you have. Speaking and of trophies, cool. why did the Big 12 change their trophy design? I liked the old one better. I don't even remember it. That's it was kind of like that big – yeah, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> it was kind of like that big uh, crystal bowl type of deal, real big yeah. opening. Because and now it's just 
Yeah, I guess. The WWE comes and says, hey, we'll give you this many millions of dollars. Change your trophy. It's now a belt. And then that's what you do. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Um, It's either this or we stop making money and our conference goes away like the Pac-12 did. Ooh, very Uh, true. I I do. I like the belt, though. It's kind of cool. It's different for sure. Uh, But it it was finally fun to watch Texas play. I even sat there and was watching other games on Saturday afternoon thinking, like, is this just my Texas bias? Or is this actually like a, a playoff team? Are they going to actually yeah. pull this off? And, and then watching the next game was Georgia and Alabama. And Alabama pulls off the upset. I, I don't think a lot of people saw this one coming, but it happened. This is Nick Saban for you. The dude mm-hmm. just knows how to coach football and get his team ready for big games. They do it once again. And I, I think they kind of exposed a Georgia team that wasn't that tested. I know they won the yeah. SEC. They were in the SEC championship game but their opponents were not that great this year Um, even like Alabama and Texas played each other Washington and Oregon played each other Ohio State and Michigan played each other you've got some top programs playing other top programs Georgia didn't really have to do that they they played Mizzou throughout the year I don't know if we're ready to put them as a top program yet I mean you kind of almost want to because Mizzou almost beat them you know I mean if it's not for a pick six there you know and almost pick six as well to a defensive tackle Mizzou probably wins that game in Georgia. Like, they were close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like Mizzou is finally – they're starting to, like, peak now. Like, they weren't at their peak when they played against Georgia. Like, they, if they play yeah. again, Mizzou might win that game. And Mizzou right. plays Ohio State, and you talk about another school that really wasn't tested throughout the year. We know they had that close game against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame wasn't what we thought Notre Dame was going to no. be as the season played <laughs> out. And so <laughs> – it even kind of makes me think with Michigan, you know, I was like, okay, they they beat Ohio State, but still, like, that game was close. And then, you know, wrapping all the way back, like, I think Mizzou has a good chance of beating Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. It's an so, exciting bowl. I was yeah. excited to see that one. Um, you mentioned the Big Ten as well, Michigan versus Iowa. Just, what a boring, boring game that one was. I don't remember what the final score was. Like 26 to nothing. zero. Yeah, just poor Iowa. Iowa can't score. I had them to cover 22 and a half. You can't score one effing touchdown? Yeah. One. You can't get you one touchdown. To make the field goal. Just score a touchdown. So this is something I didn't realize. Is the offensive coordinator the son of the head coach? Was. He was. He got fired in the middle oh. of the year. So he was the oh, guy okay. that, um, a lot of people were referring to him as Mr. 325 because Iowa had to score 325 points this season for him to keep his job. He didn't do it, obviously. And this has been, like, the worst performance that the Iowa offense has ever put on. I mean, they hit historically low unders three different times this year where in their bowl game, I'm not sure who Iowa has. Like, is there over-under? Is it even in 20? Like, is, it might be, like, 19 and a half because this offense is so terrible. But a lot of people are talking about their offensive coordinator – Hats off to that defensive coordinator. Yeah. He has got his hands full <laughs> all year long, and they still managed to make it to the Big Ten championship game. So like, like, you're keeping teams under 30 points every year, or every game, and your yeah. offense can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> you want to be competitive. Uh, maybe that's the meeting. Uh, Kurt Ferentz, the head coach there, was employing his son as the offensive coordinator. He got fired. It's a tough spot. Just, you got to sell hard on, hey, we've got everything going here at Iowa. We've got pretty solid recruits, electric defense, great special teams. Come score me 17 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> we will win a Big Ten championship. Is it like, that realistic. hard to be an offensive coordinator? <laughs> Apparently, if your dad is in football your whole life and you still <laughs> don't know how to scheme guys open – I feel like that's something that you should be able to do at the Division One Big Ten level. Other schools do it. Michigan does it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Minnesota, Nebraska, kind of. But good for Michigan, I guess. Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines. Um, his suspension is over. They win. They get the number one seed. I felt like they were pretty deserving of that. i I be honest. I didn't watch maybe like a minute or two. Of that game, and then I flipped over to the Florida State Louisville game, which I think had a lot of people's attention. Ours just because we're Texas fans. Yep. I thought we needed a Louisville win. 
Uh, and I thought that Texas might be out if Louisville didn't win, but yeah. they didn't. Florida State finds a way to win once again. They're the champion of the ACC. They are an undefeated Power 5 champ, and they are not in the college football playoff. So I've tweeted it out. I wrote it about it a little bit. I'm really sorry to Florida State and their fans. This sucks. I think the committee got it right, though. This is yeah. not about who has the best resume anymore or who deserves it. It's about putting the four best teams in there. And I don't think anybody who watches college football, and some people that even don't watch college football, nobody thinks that Florida State can beat Alabama right now. Yeah, or Michigan, in my opinion. And yeah. I think if you're Florida State, you had an opportunity to quiet the haters by blowing out Louisville, and you beat them by 16 points. And, I mean, right. it should have been like 35 to 14. Like, I think if you had a victory like that, it would be like, okay, hey, yeah, this, this team can put points on the board. You yeah. can't. You're on your third-string quarterback. It's just mm-hmm. – and I, I believe it was a committee that said, it was like, yeah, if Jordan Travis was playing, Florida State's most likely in. And it's like, well, yeah. one one position should determine a team's value. It absolutely yeah. does, especially <laughs> at the quarterback position. Look right. at the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. Exactly. I mean, if this were a running back or a receiver, if they would have lost uh, – Ian Coleman, who's a great mm-hmm. receiver, maybe the best receiver in college football. If yeah. he goes down with an injury, Florida State's still playing. They're in the college football playoff. But this is your quarterback. And uh, I had some Heisman people, candidate at one point. Right, like tweeting at me, like, oh, well, what if this happened to Texas? Texas is in a little bit of a different situation, though, because they have a really good backup quarterback. Yeah, Florida State that we've not. seen play well. Right, like if this happened to Alabama and Jalen Milrow got hurt, Sorry, Alabama's not going to get in because they're not the same team without their starting quarterback. And that's the case for most of these schools. Uh, Georgia, who knows what they don't even think they need a quarterback to win games. Uh, but Michigan, if they don't have J.J. McCarthy, they might not be in either. Washington, if they don't have Michael Penix Jr., they're definitely probably not, not in. Yeah, you know? So, I mean, it's not just a Florida State thing. It just it happened to you. Sorry about you. Uh, but I, I thought the committee got it right. Even with the top four rankings, I agreed with them. Uh, having Michigan number one, they've been dominant. They've got some good quality wins. They're hot right now. Washington is undefeated. They beat Oregon twice. Like that's, like we said, that's difficult to do. Yeah. And then Texas had a very good showing. Their only loss this year was in the last seconds of a very good game against Oklahoma. Yeah. That's their only loss. And they have... Uh, what a lot of people were saying, the best win all year, going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama by 10. That's a damn good win. They had it. They've got the resume. And then they looked super good on Saturday where they're blowing out uh, Oklahoma State. And they held the best running back in the country to like two yards of carry. Like, they yeah. looked very good. Texas is in. And then Alabama upsetting Georgia. You almost have to have the SEC champ in there. Yeah, I mean, I know that it comes across as SEC bias sometimes, but they're the best conference in college football. And until that changes, you're probably going to have the champ in there. I mean, I, I wish Jordan Travis would have could have stayed healthy because I would have liked to have seen Florida State in there. And it would have been interesting to not have an SEC champ in. But it didn't happen. So sorry about you, Florida State. Like, Georgia, I, surely Georgia fans aren't too upset. Like, you didn't win the SEC I did see some people tweeting before that game was over that you can't drop a team from one to five. Yeah, you can. You definitely can. <laughs> and it just happened. <laughs> Sorry about you. <laughs> but, uh-huh. And again, that goes to kind of the strength of the schedule that we talked about through the season and them truly being tested and the teams that they were tested against, you know, didn't necessarily live up to the hype of the rest of their year either, or, you know, or in bowl contention. And the one team that they did at the Alabama, they lost. So I understand it. I do – my one kind of like about it with Georgia not getting in is the fact that they're national champions back-to-back years and then you lose one game and it's, whoop, now you're out of there. Like there there goes your, your dynasty, you know what I mean? Because we usually say it takes three to get a dynasty. <laughs> you lost it right there because you lost one game – and the SEC championship, like, ugh. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. It, you know, maybe when we go to 12 teams, this won't be a problem, but I think it will. Like, even when we go to 12 teams and you look at the rankings, somebody's going to be pissed off every year. It doesn't matter. And this week I wrote about it. Look at March Madness. March mm-hmm. Madness, when I was a kid, they let in 64 schools, and that was it. 
now I think it's 66, 68. I don't know. There's so many playing games. I honestly don't even know what the bracket is. But you get people that are upset every year because their team missed out. You yep. let in 68 teams. <laughs> and team number 70 is still like, nope, we deserve a shot. We should be in the dance. Shut up. Like, nobody cares. So even next year when it goes to 12, looking at the rankings, how they are right now, Oklahoma is number 12. LSU is number 13. You think there's not going to be an argument right there between who deserves to get in between Oklahoma and LSU? Of course Who would you put in? I would put in OU. Really? They're 10 and 2. LSU's 9 and 3. I would leave it. Like, I really, like, I'm not a big, like, hey, support the college football committee. <laughs> they got it right this year. Like, I agree yeah. with their rankings and, and what they did. They, they if did I'm being job. completely honest, like, I was surprised Texas made it in. Absolutely ecstatic that they were in. But I really thought that they would view Alabama, Georgia as superior to Texas, right. even with Alabama's one loss being to Texas because they're SEC schools. And we've seen Alabama get progressively better throughout the entire year. Um, so I was, I was very surprised that they made it in. I'm glad that they did. I'm still like, I really just have a hard time thinking like the Alabama George, like I get Alabama just won the SEC, but George, like you're back to back national champions. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't lost a game in you three lose a game by three points. And now, yes. And now you yeah. just can't. And like, even we look at, bowl or whatever. and we look at Alabama, we've been talking about strength of schedule this whole time. Like Alabama, Alabama barely got by, was it USF? They only put up like less than 30 mm-hmm. points on them. It just, that was a disgusting game. I think that was a game Milrow was benched. Like, so at one point in the year, we're looking at Alabama going like, okay, you lost to Texas. Now you can barely beat this like blast school. And now you're benching your starting quarterback. You come in, you beat Auburn on a, a last second Hail Mary type of throw. You're excited about that. You come to the SEC championship game and you win by three. It's like, are yeah. you deserving to be in the college football playoff if you've had this many close calls all year yep. and you lost to the number three team by right. 10? Like, yep. maybe that is where Florida State gets in. We don't have any SEC school. Hey, and you I can look say, at it and say, Texas, Texas is your SEC school. You can put a little asterisk yeah. there if you're the SEC. <laughs> yeah. And they were chanting SEC after the game. If Alabama were left out and Florida State were in, I wouldn't be upset. I think Florida, or sorry, I think Alabama is one of the top four teams left but if they put in florida state you would not hear me complaining about Mm -hmm. it i think a lot of people just like to complain to to complain because even when florida state was losing that game people like oh alabama's gonna make it in maybe georgia maybe texas and then it felt like they won the game and then people were immediately complaining it's just some people just like to be unhappy and want to complain I don't know if they just, you know, some people like to debate. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we're seeing with Florida State <laughs> fans. Because yeah. I, I don't think that you can really make a strong case for your team as one of the best four. And it's I think we've gotten so used to college football being about or your resume. What's your yeah. resume look like? Your resume is going to get you in. And that's not the way it is. I mean, if it were a job interview, it doesn't go to the best resume. Like The best resume really helps you out you got to nail the interview process. And that's what Alabama did. That's what Texas did. They nailed the interview process of changing the committee's mind and saying, we've got a really good team over here on paper. They're without their best player. And we have another team over here that's coached by Nick Saban that looks like they're ready to roll and they're peaking at the right time. And, you know, they might give Michigan some problems too. Oh, I think if we're calling like national championship game right now, Texas versus Alabama. Redemption (laughs) for 09. That's my theme. Uh, well, I feel sorry for Quinn or his shoulder because he's probably going to get Redemption hurt. <laughs> for Colt, baby. We're coming in. It's going to be the name of my firstborn son, Colt. I've never forgotten that. I cried. I bawled my eyes out like a bitch when that happened. <laughs> when he got hurt. When that camera panned over and he's on the sideline just tears in his eyes, I lost it. Reported in the locker room. <laughs> he's trying to throw it to his dad and he can't do it. Ugh. Uh-huh. He's oh, got a dad. You know what I mean? Just killed me. <laughs> no, just kidding. But <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Truth is there, but <laughs> not why I cried. <laughs> uh, national championship. I'm, I'm going to say Texas. Man, I think I might be right there with you. I think it might be Texas and Alabama. Which I don't know if I like the that. Because has Michigan been tested by a passing offense outside of Ohio State's kind of like splurgeness until Kyle McCord decided to just suck? 
<laughs> right? I was going to say, even like with Ohio State, can we call them like a, a passing school? Do they have a solid <laughs> They have been, not with this kid. I questioned Ohio State all year from the beginning. I will sit on that throne. I'll stand on business. I said Ohio State, if you're questioning your quarterback at the beginning of the year, no, you're not doing it. And now he's he's transferring. Yeah, they threw the ball 30 times, but they were trying to play catch-up a lot too. And It it felt like they didn't want to throw the ball. They wanted to come out and run 30 consecutive times like we saw Michigan do earlier in the year. So I – that's going to be a tough matchup. My only concern for anyone with, with Texas, honestly. Yeah, with Texas and Washington is like you you have to play mistake free football, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to go into the game with the understanding of like we can't make mistakes, and you put pressure on yourself to where you inevitably make mistakes. It's just yeah. your mistakes can't be can't cost you the game. Is really what yeah. it's got to come down to. Because you're going to have to get after Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. But those receivers, and he's going to so make plays. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's going to make us plays. Johnson's going to run the ball like crazy. But this is where I love the fact that Texas has spent so much time and focus over the last three or four years on the interior. Mm-hmm. Just getting the yep. big guys. And, boy, they got them. Yeah, Sweat, is he's going to go down as one of my favorite Texas players. Him <laughs> catching a big old touchdown. boy. Yeah, yeah, hitting the Heisman. I mean, he weighs like 360 pounds. He caught that ball off his well. belly button. Like, I think that yeah, thing just did. went right in his freaking belly. Did you hear that during practice? Like He found out on Thursday they were going to run this play. And when they ran the play in practice, he dropped it. <laughs> and Sark was like, hey, don't even worry about that. Just catch it on Saturday. <laughs> Thank God he did, too. Yeah. But that was one of those moments where I was up off the couch like yelling at the TV. Like He's wide open. <laughs> realizing it's a defensive player. Yep. <laughs> and then he catches it with his belly. Like and it the, reminded me it was like Billy Bob off of Varsity Blue. And then they hit the Heisman. It was like the one <laughs> award. We all know you're not gonna get, but just the, the audacity of it just killed me. Yeah. I feel like too many people are doing that anymore. You have so many people that really aren't even in the Heisman running and they're striking the pose. Like it was cool when Desmond <laughs> Howard did it. I remember when Kellen Winslow did it. He was a tight end. He caught one touchdown in the first game of the season. He strikes the post, and then he never scored another touchdown <laughs> for Miami. <laughs> he never scored again. <laughs> yeah, but that was when it was like, oh, man, he struck the post. Like, is he going to win? I feel like you just get random-ass people <laughs> striking the Heisman pose now. It's the like, old you, defense attack. You play at North Texas. Congratulations yeah. on your second touchdown of the day. Put your hand down. You are not in the running for the Heisman at all. Uh, and, but tonight we did get the Heisman finalist um, mm-hmm. announced. Uh, we talked about two of them, Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels last week. They make the final cut, and they're going to be joined by uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. So those are your three finalists for the Heisman. I, I think Bo Nix had a really good chance. There's four. Penix as well. We didn't mention Penix. Penix making it in there too. Yep. I, Bo Nix, I, I kind of feel for him. I thought he needed a big game on Friday night. He didn't really have it. That's why I think Jaden Daniels is going to be your winner. Uh, the betting odds are just heavily in his favor. I feel like yeah. when they're so heavy that you just, you probably know. And it sucks, kind of like you said with Georgia, like you had one bad game. I don't even know that Bo Nix had a bad game. Yeah. His team just didn't win like he still played pretty solid football and Mm -hmm. it's almost being counted against Bo Nix that his team was in the conference championship game and lost Jane Daniels team didn't even make the conference championship (laughs) (laughs) that's very true uh with Bo Nix so at the end of that game there were moments where it's like okay hey Oregon might get the ball back and then make something happen and the cameraman is just right next to Bo Nix, and they're hyping up. He's got his head down, towel over him, and they're like, he's just mm-hmm. picturing, Focus. you know, just manifesting. He's going to get the ball back and go down and score. <laughs> Five minutes later, he's still freaking sitting there <laughs> with the towel over his head in Washington wins. I just know that cameraman has been sitting there the whole time like, are we freaking serious? Like, yeah. get me out of here. Because yeah. that's Cameraman's what I can think of the there. whole time. is like he's been there forever with his head down. There's yeah, no like, way he's thinking about shot. getting the ball back. No. He's thinking yeah. about he's daydreaming about some girl from class. He's been there too long. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. You probably put the towel over your head of like, all right, I'm gonna be here like two minutes, defense mm-hmm. gonna get the ball back. Yeah. This is my shot. No, never happened. Washington God's over there. <laughs> pretty much runs the clock out. 
Uh, those are the moments where I'd like to think God maybe just kind of forgot about it. I was like, oh, yeah, shoot, my bad, dude. Yeah, look up here. Come on. <laughs> Get, come back to it. I really set you up for something here. Uh, There's a car wreck, so. I'm sorry, Bo. I had to go take care of that. <laughs> my bad, Bo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hate that it's, one. It's rough you for him. You say someone, you got a car accident? <laughs> I'm sure those are the kind of things that he has to take care of. I think about that all the time. When people put in a prayer request, I'm like, oh, I woke up this morning, my back's hurting real bad. That's what we're going to bother God with? That's the prayer you want to send up? Is it nah, you? those are the easy ones, man. God's over here just like, beep, 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 beep. you know what I mean? He's just like, gotcha, healed. I'd be Too broken. many people you watch think Bruce Almighty, and they're like, yeah, respond yes to all. So you'd be like, oh, man, I jammed my finger playing basketball last night, so dear God, if you could just help me out with that. But this man has some real issues to worry about. Maybe just... Ice your finger. Hey, let's not act like God doesn't have a committee. All right, He's got a team surrounding him. He's good. Yeah, he's hired the right people. The I one that he didn't. It. Well, he's running his own company <laughs> downstairs. Uh huh. Everybody needs a rival. He kicked uh-huh. my. He did that coming. <laughs> Everybody needs a rival. He's got one too. It makes for a good story. Yeah. At least uh, Heisman is Saturday night though. I think Jane Daniels is going to win this one. His numbers are just too good not to. Bo Nix, it sucks for you, man. I think you lost it. Marvin Harrison Jr., I, that almost feels like, a, like he got a lot of third-place votes, so he's probably going to get the invite. I don't know that he's really in the running. Same with Michael Penix, which yeah. is kind of wild. That the number I wonder two if team Penix in the nation. will be just because he's older, more mature, and he just had like a consistently good season. He had some hype coming around him into the year. Washington wins the Big 12. I wonder, you know, if the voters, is there going to be any emotion there of, okay, the Pac-12's over with, this kid won it, leading the Washington to the playoff. I mean, like, they've had time to see that in terms of the voting. Because uh, the voting was, what, all last weekend, right? Like, was it Sunday after I all the games? I think votes were due today, this afternoon. Today, so... I could see it being Penix, and we've just kind of had like the recent effect over Daniels, where like, yeah, your team wasn't in the SEC championship game. You know, you we were kind of talking about you because nobody else throughout the year really pulled away. But for Penix to kind of lead his team into the the championship game, not make mistakes, play well, and now you're in football play, or college football playoff, I could see it kind of leaning that way. But Daniels does make the most sense just in terms of stats alone, mm-hmm. because he just it was insane just how consistent he was in terms of that crazy is that if this were the nfl and we were doing an mvp vote it would definitely be michael Penix. oh like the best quarterback on the best team Mm -hmm. solid numbers just performed well in a big championship game if this were the nfl he would hands down be the winner of the mvp but it's not it's college football and this has been a little bit of a different year um I mean, even just not knowing who was going to be in the college football playoff until the last yeah. weekend, not knowing who the Heisman finalist was going to be. I really think this has been a great year for college football. It's It's been super fun to watch. It's been unpredictable. I was talking with people today. Um, when Texas lost to Oklahoma, I kept saying, like, their season's over. This, yeah. this one game, you lose one game in college football, and your season is over. Mm-hmm. And then here they are. They're, they're, it's not over. Or for Alabama. You know, <laughs> yes, I was wrong. Two, yeah, you lose to Texas. I'm sure that there are Alabama fans that are like, our season's over. Like, we're probably going to lose to Georgia. Then you come out in week three and play like crap against UCF or USF. Mm-hmm. You probably thought your season was over. Now here you are. You know, Oregon thought their season was well alive until Friday night. <laughs> and it's Isn't not it just who lost team crazy how fast things can change like every example you said right there but like last year or this summer <laughs> just mm-hmm. the complete demise of conferences we thought the big 12 was done like we thought they were out for the count mm-hmm. no sir one last little yep. surge we got everybody jk mm-hmm. little psych reverse on upac 12 we have half your conference you're done you're mm-hmm. toast now yeah. there's no more pac 12 like ever like that's just it is gone Yep. And now the Big Ten and the Big 12 are overloaded. And I just yeah. know in two to three years, they're going to be like, yeah, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, this Pac-12 is going to somehow come back. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, maybe they're not the Pac-12, but it's just like no. 
College football came into this year just like stress, like God, please just let there be something. And God said, "I I got you. Don't. Yeah, it's gonna be a magical season. No car wrecks today. Here you go. (laughs) I got something. It's crazy. Talk about historical. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, the transfer portal has really changed college football, which is very exciting. Uh, You look at the Heisman finalists, the quarterbacks. You have Bo Nix transferred from. Auburn. Yep. You have Jaden Daniels transferred from Arizona State. You have Michael Penix transferred from Indiana. And I wrote about it again this week. You should probably just read what I write. Uh, <laughs> Matt Rule came out last week and said, like, if you want a transfer portal quarterback, it's going to cost you maybe a million, maybe 1.5, maybe $2 million to get some of these guys. And he even uh, was very honest about it, which I, I thought was great. Yeah, that's the going rate for quarterbacks. Well, Coach Rule, that was two weeks ago because I think the numbers are going to go up now that we're starting to kind of see the market and who's in it. Even today, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma entered his name into the transfer portal. Yes, that one came out of nowhere for me. I mean, he was a Heisman contender for me. I thought he looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that game against Texas; like he was phenomenal. And now he's in the transfer portal. Um, Kyle McCord from Ohio State, he entered the transfer portal today. I think those guys are going for easily $2 million. So uh, let's say, guys... like, sorry, like, Kyle McCord, he's in a bowl game against Mizzou in three weeks. Is he just off campus now? Gone. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. literally just like that, like not one more Winter showcase. Finals. finals are this week. He's probably taking those classes online. <laughs> yeah, he's Man. probably not going back. Mm-hmm. That's crazy That's, to think about. You have Malik Murphy on here. Did thing. he enter? I think that he's officially in. If not, I've just assumed that he will be in. Here okay. are the, like the quarterbacks. I was going to say, I might have seen. missed that. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, he did this morning. Kyle McCord, the same. KJ Jefferson from Arkansas is one where I thought that he would be, I thought he was going to have a better season than he did. I put Malik Murphy, the backup quarterback at Texas. There were a lot of rumors. I don't know if that one was confirmed, but I think he will. Uh, Riley Leonard of Duke, a lot of people like him as a pro scout, he, he too. I I don't see it. I don't think the guy can throw the ball. But he's in the transfer portal, but it does sound like he's going to go to Notre Dame. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, I've heard his name rumored to South Carolina already. Uh, Cam Ward from Washington State, he was a big-time uh, transfer portal guy a couple years ago. Um, DJ Uyunglele. The Clemson quarterback goes to Oregon State. Poor Oregon State. You just don't have a conference next year. Yeah. So I, I think that DJ, that Riley Leonard, and Dylan Gabriel are kind of testing the waters to see, should I go pro? Should I enter my name into the NFL draft? Or let's see how many millions of dollars are sitting here waiting for me in the transfer portal. Because I do think that the numbers are going to go up. Uh, if you want Dylan Gabriel and you're a big-time program like Oregon, yeah, you know the number was two. Oregon can get to three, to three million for a quarterback, no problem. That's gonna uh, bring up everybody else. That's gonna bring up Kyle McCord. That's gonna bring up Riley Leonard. Some of these proven veteran quarterbacks. What about like a, a Dante Moore? I mean, this kid was a five star, mm-hmm. you know, like last year uh, <clears throat> coming into UCLA, and now he's kind of just UCLA was in a spot like, ah, there's really not else. There's really not anything else around me to kind of yeah. showcase. And he originally was an Oregon commit. Too. So there's another guy oh, look that's, at that. you know, kind of rumored to that area, I guess, already. And I think a lot of these players, too, is you see what happened with these three quarterbacks. You kind of want to go get a taste of that. Yeah. The one that still really just surprises me is Dylan Gabriel, though. Now, you're only OU does... in that season that you had. Yeah. Where are you trying to go that would be better? Or <laughs> is this like NFL free agency where you're just going to be like, delete everything off my Instagram? <laughs> You're gonna have to come pay me. <laughs> no That's way, probably right? Not accurate. <laughs> no. Where was he at before UCF? Yeah, like even him making the jump from there to Oklahoma seemed like a, a kind of a, a bigger yeah. jump. I know UCF's in the Big Twelve now, but still, just mm-hmm. it felt like a, a major transition in terms of talent. Um, but I could see maybe he goes to Ohio State. Like Ohio State, you're kind of in a position right now where you don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like you coming into the year and you were in, kind of in a discussion between three, right? Of like, ah, you know, we got to we got a freshman coming in that's pretty good, and then we have a couple other kids that are here that have been in the program for a little bit just kind of waiting. Now you just don't it – it doesn't feel like there's an answer there for Ohio State at quarterback, which just feels odd because I don't feel like Ohio State's been in this position for a long time where they haven't yeah. had that answer. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just looking a couple of years ago when they had Quinn Ewers sitting there with C.J. Stroud and Kyle yes. McCord and, and Devin Brown, they, so many guys in that locker room. Now I I don't think any of them are left. I think Devin Brown also entered the transfer portal yeah. as well. So the, I guess the good news if you're an Ohio State fan, though, is that you can go out and you can get somebody. Uh, you can probably pull in a Cam Ward and – get him for a season or two. I don't know how much eligibility he has left. Or, you know, Malik Murphy's very young at Texas. I I liked him. I was I was a big fan of him. I think somebody's going to get a good quarterback yeah, when he's he transfers. Huge too. He's huge. He's athletic, and I don't think they really showcased his athletic ability. He's got a big arm, too. Yeah. A lot of eligibility left. Like, there are some really good quarterbacks in, that entered the transfer portal. And, um, you know, I think you'll get some more surprise ones, too. I didn't really take a deep dive into the other positions. I didn't see too many big names outside of quarterbacks. Um, but these, these guys are going to get paid. Like Dylan Gabriel, I think that he's going to be – I would be surprised if he gets like $4 million in NIL money. Do, how do we school. find out about that, though? Is there a way for us to just kind of figure out how much money he's making? Man, there or was any of these guys? that was doing it. Yeah, that was tracking how much they're making on NIL money. Uh, because I know Quinn Ewers was up there pretty high of like man, this is what's going on how are people to, figuring that out though like is it being publicized or i don't think so i i think that it's more just maybe projections mm. even like i saw a thing like last year that it was looking at college athletes and their followers on social media and like how much money they could potentially be getting off of tiktok followers instagram followers i think those deals are all out of date because you have so many guys making so much money that I, I remember it being a big deal at Alabama yeah. when Bryce Young was almost making a million dollars. He was making like $900,000. That's nothing anymore. God. That's that's a good backup quarterback. Like You just landed a good recruit for $900,000. Like I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to think. <laughs> like I would have been in college, right? Like Just senior year, like junior year, you know, 23. 21 years old going into a communications test, you know, that I, or a presentation that I got to do, I'm going to stand up here in front of these other students and they're going to be looking at me being like, that kid is making a million and a half dollars. And this is the worst presentation I've ever seen in my freaking life. <laughs> like I wasn't giving bad presentations. Like I'm not saying like, I'm just trying to think like being in a classroom and looking up there. Cause like I had a couple classes with some athletes and it was just like, mm-hmm. God, it's a good thing. You can shoot a basketball or catch a football because <laughs> Man, you uh-huh. suck at this right now. Like, let me help you. Uh-huh. All the, like, grammar errors and spelling errors. Oh, just the, good yeah, thing he's got yeah. that check for $900,000. <laughs> yep. Way to go, Bryce. <laughs> but you know what? Bryce Young might need it, too, because mm. it's not looking good. And, like, yeah. if you're the owner, like, just maybe shut up. <laughs> and, like, why are reports coming out that some of your coaches wanted to bench your first overall pick? Like, it looks... Oh, it's so just bad in Carolina. Right you know, now. I was thinking about this earlier, you know, especially with us having the transfer portal conversation right now. It kind of leads into this too. I feel like there are so many head coaching jobs that will be open in the NFL and you know college football as well. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or does it just not feel like there's anybody that has like? It just doesn't feel like there's any good coaching candidates out there with as many openings there are going to be. Yeah. In three years ago, in the NFL, we thought like, hey, this is like. Teams are set. Teams have their guys. They have their quarterbacks. We have too many quarterbacks in the league right now. We don't know who's going to make it work and who's not. It was just kind of at a standstill. And now we've reached at a point of like, man, Washington, you're going to be firing your coach. Chargers, you're most likely going to be firing your coach. Chicago, most likely firing your coach. Carolina has a job opening. It's just there's all these organizations. And then in college football, too, you're sitting here going like, man, is there really anybody that we want to go get in terms of a quarterback that's going to help us change overnight and be a better program than we were before? Like, I just – both those things correlate in my mind. Though. Like, I just don't think the options are there. We're just in kind of a dull period. Yeah, I, I think so too because you're right. I mean, a couple of years ago, it's like, man, everybody kind of has their quarterback or their, their young quarterback. So many of those guys just fizzled out very quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Carson like the Daniel Jones. <clears throat> I was thinking like Daniel Jones' draft. Like there are not any good quarterbacks from that one, yeah. or even uh, Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. We thought 
those teams were set. Like you've got your quarterback of the. Team. We thought that was the next 2017 draft, right? Of like, like oh my god, we got three starting guys, quarterbacks. Yeah. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, every quarterback from that class is going to be replaced or has been replaced already. Like it was, it was actually incredibly bad that and draft even class. 2022, like Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the first round. Uh-huh. And, and he's not good. Hey, another year, another year without a pie on the face. <laughs> Hope your ankle Somehow, heals up quick, though. <laughs> yeah, prayers up. <laughs> hey, God. Unless there's a contract, right. then take, take care of that, not <laughs> an ankle time. injury. <laughs> but the Steelers are somehow still really good Who at Who do we think we are telling God what he can and can't do? Let us excuse ourselves. He's been doing this for 2,000 years. I think he's got it under control. <laughs> That was just Jesus. He was before Christ. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing a lot of Oh, my than God. That. So, like, at least 3,000 years. <laughs> yeah, shoot, dude. Come on now. Uh, the NFL playoff picture, though, like, the Steelers are still a good football team. Like, if the season ended right now, before Monday Night Football, the Steelers would make the playoffs. They would be a wild card team at 7 and 5. Like, this is my time to just say Mike Tomlin might be the best coach in the NFL. Andy Reid, like, <laughs> has the best resume right now because he has the yeah. most Super Bowls and, and the wins. But if I had to pick a coach to like lead my team, I don't know that I would pick anyone over Mike Tomlin right now. And part of that is because Andy Reid is getting older. Like I have no idea how much time Andy Reid is going to coach. But right now, Mike Tomlin, still very young, still very good. He's got this team to 7-5. and five. It would be a wild card team, and it makes yeah. zero sense because your quarterback's not good, and they're still finding ways to win. But he hasn't had a good quarterback in like four years. Like even with Big Ben, that last right. year and two years was not good. Yeah. And also, I had someone had point this out. Season. So this is where my mind just worked. Mike Tomlin, Steelers, Big Ben, the guys that were there, Le'Veon Bell. Do you know how old he is? Just take a guess. I think he's actually pretty young. I'm going to guess like 28. 31. Yeah. Moser, the, the running back, the running back for the Dolphins leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, same age. Really? Yeah. That's Our guy impressive. Kiefer sent me that message today, and I just was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Le'Veon Bell was pretty young when he entered the league, too. Yeah, and then he was I mean, he was like 22 success. years old just tearing it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like a pro bowler. It was like, oh, this is the best running back in the league. Then mm -hmm. he holds out. Misses a year. I don't know if that was like the what really tough decision did him in, but I mean, he was never the same after that. And, I mean, even looking at like the Browns, I know Deshaun Watson's been hurt. Him sitting out a year, he hasn't looked the same. I, it's just it's tough to to sit out and get used to that, and then try to come back and and be a football player again is just not something that is really easy to do. But I mean, right now you're even looking at. Like I said, the playoff picture, if the season ended uh, right now before Monday Night Football, you have the Dolphins would be in at 9-3, and three, the Ravens would be in at 9-3, and three, the Chiefs would be in at 8-4, and four, and the Jaguars, who right now are 8-3. and three, Those are your AFC conference champs, yeah. which is also just kind of wild to look at. But the wild card picture, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Colts. You talk about like the NFL changing over quickly. I don't know what happened to the AFC, but I, just two years ago, I was like, man, the AFC is absolutely loaded with <laughs> yeah. talent. And now somehow the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts, and the Jaguars are in you're the You're sitting here like, okay, where are the Bills? <laughs> where are the Bengals? Where are the Chargers? Mm -hmm. Like, the Broncos might yeah. find their way in this conversation by the end of the year. The Texans, like, still a lot of ball game left to be played. And if the Jaguars win tonight, they will be the number one seed in the AFC. And that's just yeah. kind of crazy to think about as well, but you love to see it because the Jaguars do look hot. Everything is heading in the right direction for them. And I'm going to get into a little bit of a homer state here with the Chiefs because I'm just sick and tired of it, and we've kind of overlooked it. I'm tired of Patrick Mahomes being the nice guy on the team right now. I, if you're going to reach – Start the, throwing people I, into the yes, box. like I need him getting pissed off. I need him throwing his helmet on the ground and looking at Sky Moore and be like, why in the effing – Live in hell, are you not finishing your route? Why do you slow down when you're at the first down marker? I'm not going to zip it to you, you moron. Keep running underneath it. Like, same with MVS. Catch like the, the stuff freaking ball. The only reason you're on this team, on this team is because you can block. And that is something the Chiefs do value with their outside receivers. Is 
how well can you block? That's the only reason MVS is on the team. Like That's the reason why Demarcus Robinson stayed with the Chiefs for that extra two years, was because he could block on the outside. You're looking at this team now, I've been like, okay, hey, we don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Like, duh, Travis Kelsey has gotten old quick this season. He's like, either defenses are playing them him well, or he just can't get open. Like, I watch this team, and it's, it's going to have to be one of these things where we go into the offseason and let Brett Veach do, does what he does. Because when the Chiefs had a bad offensive line in Super Bowl performance, he immediately turned around. And I have the same feeling he can do with the receivers. But right now, I need someone throwing someone underneath the bus so they play better. Because these kids are hot freaking garbage, and I'm sick and tired of watching it. <laughs> yeah, and with Kelsey, too, I don't know if it's that everybody knows. like They've got one option. Mm-hmm. At receiver, and it's 87. Like, just find him. If we can stop him, nobody else can catch the ball. But it does look like he is aging this year. Like, we're finally starting to see that dip. He's 34. Yeah. Like, it, it's got to happen eventually. With that being said, he does still have 800 yards. He's 34? Season. But it does look mm-hmm, – just turned 34 60 days ago. Actually. I mean, he was just 32 a couple years ago. True. Yeah. No, that was a joke for people that didn't get it. I got a big <laughs> smile on my face. I promise. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, looking over at the NFC side of things, even uh, the Eagles, we ranted about them yeah. last week, and then they come out and get their ass kicked by the 49ers. <laughs> the 49ers. I, I was there. This there. is what would happen if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt. Type of game, and they annihilated them. <laughs> it was. It it was definitely because they, they did. I mean, they scored on like six straight. Yes. Uh, yep. Series, like, that's and then the last one they didn't defense. because they just needed out. So that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, they, the Eagles could not stop them, uh, which was wild to watch. But uh, right now, the Eagles would be the one seed. Uh, you have the 49ers and the Lions right there at nine and three. The Falcons are somehow hey, winning. Keep the it up, NFC baby. South. Keep it up. Big bet on them. Big future <laughs> bet on them. How how bad that division is. The Cowboys are looking hot right now, though. They would be a wild card team at nine and three. The Vikings would be a wild card team, and the Packers, who just beat the Kansas City Chiefs, would also be um, a wild card team. It's just it, it is kind of wild to look at how much the NFL has changed. I mean, even the Vikings sitting there, like they don't have Kirk Cousins, so how they haven't had Justin Jefferson for a big chunk yeah. of this season. And then the Packers, you've got some turnover there. They, there's not Aaron Rodgers on this roster. Oh, shoot. His name's and Jordan Love. That's the thing. The Packers did it again. <laughs> like, that game last I night, think so I think that was Jordan Love's prove-it game. Primetime game in Lambeau. Snow game. It was cold. I know there wasn't snow on the field, but it snowed all the way up until the game. It's crazy how that happens with the weather, too, lately. A little conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Government got control of the weather. No more snow games. Totally kidding. But it's like... Every last three weeks is like, oh, you know, snow all the way up to about an hour before kickoff. How's it stop an hour before kickoff? Like, that's just blows me away. Anyways, Jordan Love played phenomenal, <laughs> made throw after throw. You know, they even hit it in the broadcast where it's like, you know, they show a clip of Brett Favre throwing the ball and his feet are off the ground. They throw a clip of Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and his feet are off the ground. They throw a clip of Jordan Love throwing the ball and his feet are off the ground. I and mean, you're just like progressively watching the arm angles get like lower and lower. And it's just a ball that's perfectly placed for only his receiver to get it. And the yeah. defender just misses out on it. And I think we've seen Jordan Love just kind of progress into the next starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And he's going to hold that job. You know, like It was kind of a rough start to the year. It's so. a young team. They're going to figure it out. And I think they find a way to, to stay in the playoffs here. I don't think the Vikings will make it. I think the, the Rams will end up taking their spot. Uh, but like the NFC South... That is wide open for the Falcons to lose themselves because the Saints stink. Yeah. The Panthers, garbage. The Buccaneers, forget about them. Yeah. This is one of those years where you probably just shouldn't let that conference champion, that division champion. Can you do that? that, that no. <laughs> Where's the committee? They like, they're so bad. <laughs> or exactly. At least, like, at a minimum, you should let the Cowboys take over their spot and be like, hey, we're going to give you the little substitute seat. action. Absolutely. <laughs> we're we're going to play this game in Dallas just for <laughs> you guys because you've earned it. Uh, but I am – I know that we're both Chiefs fans. The Packers just beat the Chiefs. I am rooting for Jordan yeah. Love. And it just got solidified Sunday night watching him play. Uh, he makes some really exciting throws, and he is getting better and better. And one thing they kept pointing out on that broadcast too is that this is going to be one of the youngest – offenses in NFL yeah. history. Like he's throwing to guys that have been in the league for two or three years. 
And I mean, part of me just absolutely loves it because I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Like you complained for so many years that you had no. I thought targets. you were back on Rodgers. Now we're watching. Nope. Back what on. happened? Uh, he he came at Travis Kelsey. Oh. Like, just shut <laughs> yeah. Up. Okay, I get it. I thought it was hilarious though, because <laughs> then Kelsey got him back. Was like, oh, so your Super Bowls are on Tuesdays? Uh-huh. It's cool. It's like, ah, shit. Go go at him, Trav. <laughs> That's my dog. Exactly. But I'm I'm totally in on Jordan Love too to watch him progress. And even the the last three games that he's played, I, I think that was the one that they talked about a lot on the broadcast. Those are solid yeah. games against good teams. I mean, at Pittsburgh. You lose that game, but he played pretty well in it. I, that was one of his uh, two interception games. But then you beat the Chargers. The Chargers are good defensively. Then you beat the Lions. On Thanksgiving. On yeah. Thanksgiving. In Detroit. That was a very impressive yep. win. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, a very good Detroit team this year. I mean, I know that if we went back a year or even two years, that would be like, duh, <laughs> yeah. the Packers beat the Lions. Like Jordan Love might have sucked and they beat yep. the Lions. But this is a good Lions team. And then against Kansas City, where this defense has been one of the best defenses in the NFL, Jordan Love comes in, throws for three touchdowns. And honestly, the Chiefs were never really even in this and game it, uh, for an NFL game. It was a, it was almost a And the Chiefs out. did deal with a lot of injuries. So like, I'll be understanding of that. But it's still just like the offense couldn't get anything going. That's what's just kind of driving mm-hmm. me nuts. And maybe this is just a new Chiefs offense that I'm not used to them being, where they can just run the ball effectively. Like Isaiah Pacheco had over 100 rushing yards last night. It's been a minute since we've seen a running back, you know, be capable of doing that in this offense. And he's been one hell of a left oh, hook. Boy. You know, this. <laughs> speaking of that, we got to the end of this game, and I'm not, like, defending him and, like, don't kick him out. But, like, if we're going to review that play and then be, like, deem him out, like, ejecting after the replay – Let's acknowledge the Packers player teabagging him back into the field there. Like, yeah, that dude, you, you put your nuts on the back of my helmet, I'm going to left hook you. And the part that I thought was hilarious, because you always say this, it's like, I don't understand why you punch someone in the face. Like, you're going to hurt your own hand if they have a helmet on. He throws that oh, left hook, so immediately grabs it with his other hand and walks off as he's talking shit. I was dying laughing. I was like, you moron. Yeah, my pinky's Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I am ejected from this game, but I am also going to get x-rays. <laughs> in that game last night, uh, the officiating, and this is not like you don't have to turn off the podcast because I'm not going to rant about how the Chiefs got screwed, but the officiating was just terrible yes. all around. There were so the many The whole game, I thought. Like, the whole game was so bad. And then in the last couple minutes, like there was a personal foul against Mahomes. Like He's running to the sideline. And I don't even remember his name, but I know he's Simone Biles' husband. Uh, Owens, I think. Hits, yes, that guy. Hits Mahomes on the sideline. And they throw a flag for personal foul. He was still in battle. So, uh, <laughs> and this is not me trying to be like a Mahomes homer, because like, I think with this, with any quarterback in the league, that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. He, he, this this quarterback position like almost needs to put yeah, it out. Like, like, this is what we do. You can't hit the quarterback. On he's the not going to put his foot in the ground, turn it back upfield, and go get it at the 30 yards. Like, these guys are running full speed at a sideline of like, okay, hey, like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I've already beat you to the corner to get the first down. Just let me get out safely and get back. Because, like, the last thing I want is another Jimmy Garoppolo type of injury that we saw was his second year starting in San Francisco. And it was against the Chiefs in Kansas City where he's running up the sideline. He goes to take a step in and lower his shoulder into the DB. His freaking knee buckles, tears his ACL. <laughs> Never been, he's just been injured ever since. See, but I like, always think of uh, Drew Bledsoe on the oh, sideline. Oh, even, yeah. He's going to the sideline. And the birth of Tom Brady. <laughs> right over. But, I mean, that's where if you're a quarterback, like, just get yeah. down. Get out of bounds in a different way. Because like, I really hate it with other ball carriers. Uh, you've got a running back, and he's going towards the sideline, and then he gets hit a little bit, and they throw a flag. Like you, It's your job to get out of bounds. So I thought that was a missed call. Uh, the Chiefs got 15 yards on that one. Uh, but then I thought in what was probably a makeup call, the pass interference against uh, the Green Bay Packers on MVS. Oh, you mean like that physical uh, the abuse halfway down the – goes <laughs> Yeah, right over his back. I mean, he's 6'5 anyway. It's hard to get on his back. <laughs> But then to go through his back and swipe the ball away, or I mean, really didn't even have to because at that point he was being tackled. What's it called when that you was a missed call? Like go for a piggyback ride that wasn't that you weren't given permission to do. I think that's called assault. assault. Yeah, that's okay. 
<laughs> of piggybacks you didn't have permission <laughs> to do. Um, illegal. Don't try it. Uh, I just walk around the mall. There was piggyback. also <laughs> like trust falls. <laughs> yeah, it's like a trust fall. Yeah. <laughs> there was also the missed call too, where they stopped the clock. I don't remember who the Chiefs completed the pass to, uh, but he was on the sideline. Clearly fighting MVS as well, and he just yeah. wasn't. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, that clock keeps. That was a running. makeup call to the makeup call. That's just how, like, all the officials are like stop, snip, being snap, stupid. snip, snap. Just make the right call. Now I look bad. No, yeah. Now I'm gonna get a letter sent to me because you missed that call. And then the last play of the game was the hail mary, uh, where even on the broadcast they talked about it a little bit. It's just it wasn't pass interference. Yes. On a Hail Mary, you're just not going to yeah. get that call. No, like you never get that call. So I didn't have a problem with that one. If that were just a regular play and that happened, you're probably going to call pass interference. But the NFL for decades now has not called pass interference. On I Hail saw Mary. someone tweet, it's the most annoying part of watching the NFL is seeing for 59 minutes and 55 seconds there's one rule book, and then for the last five seconds there's another one. It's like uh-huh. that is so true. Yeah, yeah, it's last night was just a bad example. But uh, even the, with the Chiefs losing, like I find myself rooting for the Packers mm-hmm. too, and that's my anti uh, Aaron Rodgers. My anti heroes. I, I, I thought where you were about to go with that. I was like, oh snap! <laughs> uh, it was in my head actually. Yep, uh, I, I'm rooting for Jordan Love. I want to see this kid be good. Like everybody was kind of done with him and thinking that he was going to be a bust. I, he was one of those guys like, oh, he looks awful in practice. <laughs> It's training camp. Practice. I'm supposed. Oh, this is where I'm supposed. Where it's okay for me to throw ten interceptions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said the same thing about mm-hmm. Mahomes. Like, man, he's just throwing so many interceptions at training camp. Boom, MVP. <laughs> Who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah. He's he's done wonderful. But it's been it's been a very exciting football season so far. Just and I think one of the parts too is it's been wildly unpredictable. Yes. Um, like even sitting here tonight, the, the Eagles have been great all year. They got their ass kicked this weekend, though. So, like, and their losses—you just—you never know—are to the Jets. Zach Wilson, let's not the guy who's reluctant to accept a starting job. <laughs> Talk about a moron! Like, what do you like? Sorry, they didn't come right out to you and said, "Do you want to be this?" Like, they've already done that, and you just didn't play well. This is like, hey, like, if you continue to do the right things, we'll put you in at the position. And I'm sure he's just like. Yeah, I just don't know, man. I'm just like not picking up on it like I really thought I would. It's like you <laughs> it's not really just my vibe shut right up. Now. Just shut up and go be the guy. <laughs> I can't imagine Robert Sala in all his intensity coming to you and be like, Hey, we're gonna you got the job on Sunday. And then you what's Zach Wilson saying next? Like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, what? like Robert Sala's <laughs> gonna that get fired go? because they can't figure out a quarterback position. You go from Sam Darnold mm-hmm. to Zach Wilson. You get Aaron Rodgers, and you think you've got it made. Tears his Achilles four plays into the season. He's going to rush back from that injury, probably hurt it again because this new science study that they're doing isn't going to work out. <laughs> right. And then he's going to be out for his foot two is going years. to literally fall yes. off. And then it's going to be like on the field. Well, now what do we do? Like I don't know because Trevor Simeon ain't it. No, it's you almost feel bad for the Jets, but then I remember how awful their fans are, <laughs> and I don't. I got excited for him for um, a little bit. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, like Watching Hard Knocks, I was like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's cool not. Cool guy. I think he's still a douchebag, but I, I think that people rally around him. But also, that is probably just the power of football. Yeah. You can be a douchebag if you're really good at football. I, I still think he's just like a, a like good him. dude in the locker room. But, man, he just. Probably so. That's a different scenario, though. I will say, going back to the yeah. Chiefs here, because just because I am a Chiefs fan, I'm worried about him from here on out for this season. Like, your next game's the Bills. Mm-hmm. You then play the Patriots in New England, and they have just stopped offenses. They're still losing games, but, like, they are slowing down every offense mm-hmm. they've played. And then after that... He's lost six to yes. zero. <laughs> and then, then you play the Raiders on Christmas Day. Then you play, I believe it's the Bengals, and then you play the Chargers. It's like, yeah. that's a rough five games there to end the year going in the mm-hmm. playoffs when your offense still looks like hot garbage. Yeah, like they don't even look like they're in the top half of NFL offenses. And you have one of the best quarterbacks to ever. And play. I say that. In a and good like, offensive You look line. at the stats, like they're up there. We're just, I mean, is it just the explosive plays? I need someone to calm me down because I'm freaking out. <laughs> Maybe so. 
I, I don't know. They, they need to figure it out. Or I'm just going to be an Eagles fan for the rest of the year. I think I'm actually. That's where I'm at right now. I don't know where I'm at with the NFC. I'm just kind of all over the place. I think it just depends on what game I'm watching. Like the Lions, I love it. Dan Campbell, way to turn it around. The 49ers, just yeah. so explosive. Like you're just kind of like, like, man, like you guys have missed out on like the last three opportunities. I wouldn't mind seeing you get one. And then with the Eagles, it's like, yeah, I'm a fan of every single player on this team. With the 49ers, I just I love that roster yeah. so much. Like watching guys like Debo Samuel go off and Christian McCaffrey. I like I really like those two guys. There's just I so like many guys that deserve like that are deserving. Like Kyle Shanahan too. Like you talk about getting the monkey off your back with Steve Young. Like yeah, that's it for Kyle Shanahan. He's got to get that monkey mm-hmm. off his back because dude just can't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this year. Maybe it'll be his year. Um, all right, that's it for us though. We appreciate you guys. Uh, joining us for another episode of Mike's Up, Big Country, and I'll be back at it uh, again next week. You can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or right here live on Monday nights in the call-in app. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us. We'll talk to you all again real soon.